Welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. All right, here we are once again, Greg, Mike, David, for episode 17 of The Near Memo. And um, we do this on Fridays, and I've got to say TGIF uh, today. It's just been a really long, long week uh, for me, and I'm looking forward to a three-day weekend. So, um Anyway, Mikey, not every su- day is not a such a long week for me, but I'm equally looking forward to the yeah, extra day. So every day is a weekend for you, right, Mike? <laughs> every day is a wonders day, uh, but the long weekend is nice because tomorrow's raining. It means I get to go bike riding either Sunday or Monday with my wife, which I'm looking forward to. All right, my new mountain e-bikes is zooming up the hills. It's actually a blast. So if you've never tried it, come on by. You can try it. So. Stay if you're if you live in Western New York, stay off the trails this weekend. <laughs> Watch Get out, out of the way. <laughs> so my story, I'm, I'm kicking it off. My story uh, is an article I recently wrote at Near Media called "Confessions of a Local Guide," and it's just the history of my a somewhat uh, tainted history of my interaction with the local guide program and how I learned how to move through the program by finding the easiest way to upload a lot of photos and get a lot of views and achieve level seven glory in the local guide program. It, it, it has to be said, Mike, that you're like a secret spammer. I didn't know that about you before. <laughs> well, I, I, it's, it, it's a great way to test Google's various think how they think about various things but the reality is that even though i was spamming photos at some level i actually uploaded a lot and even though i wasn't in the the game for the right reasons google still got a lot of work out of me and it's a fascinating to me that that google has so leveraged gamification into so much data and they have so much confidence that they can control it and that I played even if I played for the wrong reasons. Or maybe they were the right reasons. I don't well, know. Well, you, you should point out what the, what the serious point is for, for business owners. Well, the serious point is that some of the images I uploaded were absolutely terrible. Meanwhile, they became profile images because those business owners had not, in fact, done due diligence and uploaded good local images. The net result was that images that I had uploaded, some of which were good, got two or three million views. One of the ones that was bad was for a Walgreens and it's got almost a million views and it was the world's worst image. It's, it's a problem for businesses because they need to, they need to get engaged with this because it's the most visible, it's their most visible presence on the internet. It's probably the most seen image is that profile image. And I managed to snag a couple of those spots with not very good images. I was going to say, it sounds like not just a problem for small businesses, but uh, enterprises as well, given given your Walgreens example. And I can speak from personal experience uh, helping our large hospital here in town, OHSU. Uh, one of their clinics, a patient uploaded a photo from the bathroom that continues to pop in and out of the the primary uh, position for a, a clinic. And uh, it's it's a pain. And, and I think even... I will say it feels like it's knock on wood that it's a little bit stable now and the photo that we've uploaded uh, seems to be sticking, but uh, you couldn't be more right that it's your, your, your GMB primary photo is the the first impression that your brand uh, receives from a lot of searchers. And you've got to make sure that you take ownership of that. 
One thing that has always kind of struck me and I've, I've, I've found to be kind of a strange, if not um, a kind of galling, is, is, is Google's aggressive use of gamification. I'm a, I'm a local guy too, but I don't – I think I'm only a five. I mean I probably have dropped down below because I haven't done anything in a long time. But they're, they're really aggressive use of gamification to incentivize people to add reviews and photos and all these modify profiles. And and, 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 how ans- that- and answer questions right with and answer questions non- an- with non answers <laughs> precisely but but if you were a business owner you would never be permitted to incentivize your customers to 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 you know to to review you enter for a chance to win or quid pro quos or any of that kind of stuff so there's a there's a total double standard going on here and I mean Google probably can defend it in some way but I I find it just really ironic and strange. Yeah, I mean, the the legal basis is that you can't self-promote, you can't incentivize reviews because it's self-promotion and against truth in advertising. It's, you know, it's deceptive. Whereas Google is incentivizing you to leave information about other businesses where they have no interest, no no self-interest in, in that. So I get, I get that as a kind of agree techni- with you. technical legal matter, but just philosophically – it's it's just really sort of a double standard. It's very odd. I mean, to me, the, the the bigger issue is that they 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 garner so much information. They are so they have so much hubris. They think they can control it, <coughs> and yet they never put enough intention into their uh, into their algorithms to do so. So there's a lot of crap. puts a lot of the onus and the cost back either on the business. Or on, on the agency to make it right. David spent a lot of time dealing with this image. They basically are offloading, you know, externalizing their cost for this data, and it's that to me is equally egregious, or maybe more. And Greg, you made a, a related point uh, in our chat earlier this week that um, you know Google is continuing to prioritize sort of volume over quality, uh, and that the, the gamification only increases that that prioritization, um, that they're just after more and more and more, regardless of, of how good or bad uh, the, well, the, what, con- the contributions are. One of the side effects, I think, of that that attitude is that they, they let a lot of spam go through. Um, and that was there was that CBC story uh, this week about, you know, it's one of an, any number of stories now about how a, a publication did an investigation and discovered a lot of fake reviews. Um, you know, and then you get the sort of standard line. Well, we've removed X billion bad profiles, and but it's 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 and the it's, standard line also says, well, the spammers are really smart, and we're constantly upgrading our systems, and we think we have it under control, which is what they said to me in 2008, as I noted in that article, and they say the exact same thing in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and so was on. The, was that the same. infamous uh, locksmith measles case? No, that was no, the okay. Microsoft. Escort case. Ah, okay. Very good. Yes. Totally that, that, that you talk about in the article, which is very right. which is fun to read. My 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 closing thought on this is if you wanna be a local guide and you want to advance quickly, go read the article. I tell you give you some great tips how to scale your efforts efficiently. I, I used Google as my model and I was able to crank out an image a sec a minute. I was you know, so Are you still doing that? I am not. Once I hit seven, it was clear I wasn't going to get to eight where I live. So that's, you know, you have to, you have to, you're going to have to move to a more populated area, I think. Yeah, that's going to happen. 
<laughs> All right. So, so on the theme of, of, of sort of fraud and, and, and trust, um, one of the things that was really interesting about Google Marketing Live, which was their ads-focused event that's kind of a companion to their IO developer conference. So IO was last week or whenever, two weeks ago maybe. Who knows? The days are all bleeding together. This week, Google, Google Marketing Live, and there were a ton of ad-related announcements, which I couldn't capture in the newsletter, but tried. Um, they talked about commerce. They, they talked about, um, you know, a lot of new tools. There's, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, I, I posted the uh, condensed version of their, their keynote, which is worth watching in the, the newsletter. Um, but, but one of the things that was really striking to me is how privacy showed up in every one of these discussions, with the exception, I think, of Bill Reddy's shopping discussion, potentially. But it was emphasized again and again and again. And Jerry Dishler, who's their VP, VP of ads, um, basically said that this implied contract of trading personal data for content, for free content, is now over. People are, are no longer want, want that bargain. And everybody it's incumbent on everybody to, to recognize that and to change. And um, that... that that was, you know, it's sort of like Google gets religion, but at the same time, not 100%, because they're still doing things in the background that are not consistent with that rhetoric. And, you know, Dishler's solution was basically um, first-party data, develop your first-party data, machine learning and automation, AI, uh, to do predictive marketing stuff, and then Flock, right? Google's browser-based uh, cohort group sort of targeting uh, methodology that a lot of people are objecting to, and and the, and the byproduct of this of this is you know Google and Facebook and Amazon and some of the big players are going to be fine because they've got such end to end data and ecosystems, but the smaller publishers and everybody else is not going to be fine, which is partly why we're seeing the rise of subscriptions, and so this is kind of the paradox, which is that that as as the internet gets more privacy friendly it reinforces the power of these big companies. And uh, I'm going to segue into small business commerce, unless you guys want to say anything there. No. I'm, 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 me, I feel like I'm one, giving it a little quick. The one observation I have is that Flock, though, appears to be dead on arrival to me. Yeah, that's right. Ju yeah. Uh, WordPress and Joomla, right? And uh, maybe A whole bunch, a bunch of Drupal also, a right, bunch which of Which is 75% of the internet probably right there right. between those three, so... Default not accepted, so I don't. Well, see Google how Google is not acknowledging that at this point, at least. Right. But um, so so just real quickly on the shopping stuff, also coming out of Google Marketing Live, um, you know, Google's shopping strategy continues to evolve. Uh, Google's trying to get more and more product inventory, more and more product data out there. They've made, they've opened up um, you know free distribution as a, as part of a, a strategy to do that. And two of the things that were really striking to me about Bill Reddy's remarks and some of the announcements was um, their focus on real-time inventory and small businesses. And to that end, they've done partnerships with WooCommerce, um, Shopify last week, GoDaddy, and Square now, who are all going to be sort of on gateways for their small business customers to syndicate products uh, on Google. And, um, and and Wix, I heard today. Yeah, Wix, Wix, uh, all of these guys, right? right. And so, so it struck me that years ago when we all first got into this, the, and it's, it's services versus products, but it's still sort of true. 
the newspapers and traditional media companies and the Yellow Pages, these were all the big aggregators of small businesses that Google was relying upon as a kind of outsourced sales force or an outsourced kind of marketing channel uh, to reach these to reach small businesses. And now they've really shifted to these SaaS companies, you know. And and, and again, it's partly about product versus services, but not not entirely. They, these these are the new aggregators for them. I heard today that Wix has been authorized for Google's whitelisted uh, GMB listing creation as well. So they're 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 getting even closer with some of these platforms. I would argue yep. that Wix, of all of the uh, website builders, so to speak, I know that's a gross oversimplification of their platform, but um, they probably have the best reach into the GMB entities that Google has the hardest time reaching uh, in terms of very small businesses, potentially very new businesses. Uh, so that seems like a really good partnership from GMB's standpoint. Right. One touch to create a website and get your GMB listing and get your inventory into Merchant Center. It's, and, it's and, compelling. Right. And the, and this and this emphasis on 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 inventory, I think, is one of Google's big pushes, you know, sort of the omni channel plus real time inventory is a big, big push for them in differentiating against Amazon. And I think yes. it I think it's I think it does work. I think they don't have the user experience to really take on Amazon, but they certainly are getting the data um, there. Their new product, though, that uh, in restaurants that does the order entry has a great user interface. So clearly they know how to do it. You start ordering a product and it makes suggestions on which other foods to order with it. And then it takes you through a very painless checkout and payment process. They've inserted themselves so elegantly into this uh, that it's quite amazing. So they do know how to do it and we are seeing that start. Well, that's a, and that's a metaphor for their entire strategy, right? I mean, they're, yes. they're, they're trying to simplify distribution um, and, and, and reach and, um, you, you know, there's, everything is kind of a, a, a mirror of everything else. There's a way in which they're at the big, at the highest level, there's a, there's a consistency to what they're doing. I would simplify it one step further. They want to become a rentier of all transactions in the local yes, world. Yes, yes. Agree. Great. I'll, I'll take the segue, Greg, at this point uh, and yes. move into a couple of news items. But but before I do that, um, I think that your positioning of, of the, the sort of, you know, okay, Yellow Pages in the mid-2000s, say, and now it's these these sort of scaled SaaS platforms um, that, that Google is eager to partner with them, I think, has, has been the case, you know, kind of all the way along when it comes to reselling Google ads or yeah. getting information, you know, out of these out of these companies, uh, customer bases. I think the difference is, unlike the Yellow Pages, these SaaS companies that Google is partnering with um, have a much more defensible position that there's there's not really the same kind of end around that there was that there could have been uh, with Google ads in the Yellow Pages. Um, you know, several years ago, it's not like Google Merchant Center is displacing the the like table stakes necessity of managing online inventory in your Shopify website or your, you know, or or the um, table availability in your talk uh, Squarespace platform. So I think that these SaaS companies have a much more defensible uh, business position than the Yellow Pages and arguably the, the media companies did uh, in the first wave of this in, in the late late 2000s. So that was interesting to me, uh, Greg, to hear, hear that positioning. 
the segue is, you know, we saw uh, Clavio this week raised, I don't know what it was, even hundreds of millions more dollars um, in Three, funding. I think it was like 300 $320 million, right? Something, this, is, yeah. this is a week after Active Campaign raised a very similar number. And we saw MailChimp this week come out with a, at least it was new to me, and I follow MailChimp relatively closely, um, uh, the ability to make online ordering and, and appointment scheduling. Uh, through would, MailChimp, so they. Would you tell listeners what Clavio is or does? So Cla- Clavio. So that's what I, was, I was getting there. Good segue oh, okay. again, Mike. Um, so it strikes me that the that these SaaS platforms um, are really becoming sort of all-in-one operations and marketing automation, um, which is how I would describe Clavio as essentially marketing automation for e-commerce, um, and that this this they're almost like all the we've we've. At least some of us have talked for years about the need for uh, SMBs to implement some sort of CRM, uh, whether that's just a spreadsheet or through a more a complex system like HubSpot. And it strikes me that these these platforms are kind of going around the need for a traditional CRM by just starting with the very base in Mailchimp's case and Clavio's case and Shopify by default and other e-commerce platforms. You're, you're getting their customer information as a starting point and then building out. Uh, features from there as opposed to the other way around. Um, and Square, so Square has been doing that for a long Square's, time. Square's doing the same thing. So it's just a really, I think a really interesting time we're sort of seeing the uh, the traditional website builders move into sort of operations and automation. We're seeing email marketing providers that like MailChimp and ActiveCampaign moving more into websites and operations. Um, and it's just, it just feels like, and we're seeing that investors are kind of buying the story as well with the hundreds of millions of dollars flowing in. So I think it's an interesting time. And, and I think, as I said, unlike the Yellow Pages days that you highlighted, I think all of these companies have built pretty good products with a compelling value prop. And it's I think uh, the differentiation is, is going to be really the, the hard part for all these companies because the, the feature sets are largely uh, available in, in all these platforms. Yeah, I like to think about it as sort of pre-sale, discovery, in-store operations and then post-sale customer relations follow-up and you're right all those areas whether they started with operations and moved out to marketing and follow-up or started in follow-up like email and then moved out to marketing they're all taking on many more functions well i mean it's it's interesting because in general i think that small businesses you know to to paint with a broad brush would prefer to work, I mean, this is what the survey data reflect, but would prefer to work with fewer rather than more companies. So they don't want a bunch of point solutions. So to, some of these, some of this evolution is responding to that perceived demand. Also to create more value. So it's, so retention is, you know, churn is harder. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's a very, I mean, there's a much longer discussion about sort of the evolution of the small business SaaS marketplace, but it's really fascinating. I think some of the big money coming at these companies is post COVID, you know, the, the, now everybody buys e-commerce or digital commerce. And so it, it, people are scrambling for providers and they, and, and, and the market sort of perceives a much larger opportunity now, I think, than in the past. And I think you're right. Just to close, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Obviously the surveys for, long as we've all been in this business, uh, have, have shown the preference for working with a single vendor. I think the difference is historically point solutions have been so much better breed than the all in one, uh, offerings have been that that was, you would have been shooting yourself in the foot to choose a substandard all in one package. And now we're seeing, 
I mean, pretty much every company I just mentioned has a really great best of breed solution um, that is now available as an all-in-one. So I think that's the difference. And to some extent, the, the funding from these huge venture rounds has enabled these companies to invest in their product to that extent. So that seems like a very optimistic close. <laughs> I would agree. Greg, are you happy with that? I, I, I'm. I'm. Yes, I'm happy with that. So um, all right, we we can we can close on that on that upbeat note. But. Um, Anyway, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Give us feedback and suggestions about how we can make uh, what we're doing more interesting or more useful to you. And have a good weekend, week, whatever it is for you. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.